Hey, I learned a word today, gyres. You know what that is? That is a, a large whirlpool. And there's five of them that exist in the Earth's uh, giant oceans. And they act like, like I say, whirlpools. Everything is pulled to the center of them. And for nearly a century, we've had all this floating plastic garbage that's been pouring into these things. And the biggest one is called the Great Pacific Patch. It's halfway between Hawaii and California. It's got a, just an unbelievable amount of plastic in it. But you know what? There's something else in it, too. And my next guest has a study on that. Dr. Rebecca Helm is an assistant professor at the University of North Carolina, Asheville. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. What have we found in the garbage? We have found a variety of different animals that float at the surface. So they're not living on the plastic or living there because of the plastic, but they float on the surface and seem to be concentrating in similar areas where we find all this plastic based on our preliminary study. Okay, I'm right off the top. I'm gonna to go with the superhero question. Is it possible that you know something is out there eating radioactive waste and it's gonna grow enormously uh, big and... <laughs> Well, uh, you know, never say never, but not these animals. Not so as as we're, we're talking like, what are we talking? How small? Yeah, um, you know, uh, Portuguese man of war is the largest of the animals that sort of floats at the surface. Um, they can get pretty big, but most of the animals we found are things like floating violet snails, only a centimeter or two. Um, blue sea dragons, these sea slugs that crawl on the surface, only a couple centimeters. So they're not too big. They're not going to eat your house. Okay. All right. <laughs> now, now we have efforts underway, and I, I'm not sure how fast they're going to try and clean up these whirlpools, but do we have a problem with now that we're disturbing life that is here amongst the plastic? Yeah. So this is a little bit of a, a you know, cautionary study on our part to really say, whoa, 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 hold on a minute. What about the ecosystem that's out there? You know, we've been so focused for a very long time on thinking about the plastic in these places that we've really kind of looked over a lot of the life that was there probably before plastic and, you know, will be there after plastic. And what do we do to manage plastic in a way that's safe for this environment? I see. So this life you believe was there would predate the, the arrival of all this garbage. Well, that I can't say for sure, but it would be, I think, an educated guess. Yeah, a lot of these animals have been around for millions of years, very long time. And the same sort of physical forces that you were talking about, these big sort of swirling areas of the ocean surface that now concentrate plastic, um, are possibly concentrating these animals. In fact, in the North Atlantic, the very first study to ever find plastic on the ocean surface was conducted by someone who was looking not for plastic, but for floating life. So we know they're out there. We know they've been out there for quite a while. Can you give me a sense of how successful are we in dealing with plastic in the ocean and these giant whirlpools? Well, there's a, you know, a few different efforts to clean up this plastic. A lot of the plastic in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch isn't plastic that comes from you know, recycling gone awry, not plastic bottles and things like that. It's it's a lot of ghost nets. So things um, that have been abandoned by fishers and, and other sort of sources of plastic. 
And there are a couple efforts. You know, one is going out and kind of picking up this plastic by hand, which is, of course, very time intensive, but also it's been very effective. Um, and then there are other efforts that use big nets on the surface being dragged between ships to collect plastic. Um, that's been going on for, oh, a few months now. Um, and it's really unclear what impact these big nets will have, you know, on the ecosystem um, in addition to collecting plastic. Oh, is there an easy answer here? This seems like a pretty thorny question. It's a very difficult question. It's a tricky question for sure. Um, I think for me, a big part of the answer is really turning off the tap. And in this case, for the Great Pacific Garbage Patch, that means really going back to the source of a lot of these plastics, uh, the fishing industries and things like that, seeing if we can kind of come up with a way to ensure that these nets are no longer making it into the ocean. And when someone sees one of these big chunks of plastic, they pull it out. There's reason to pull it out. There are lots of people sailing back and forth in this region. If we can find a way to sort of incentivize collecting this plastic in a way that's focused hand collection, not, not necessarily a big sort of single collecting device, I think that might be a way to get around some of the ecosystem concerns. Rebecca, so interesting. Thank you so much for talking with us. Thank you so much for having me. That is Dr. Rebecca Helm, who's an assistant professor at the University of North Carolina, Asheville, and co-author of this study about life that is in the giant floating plastic swirls out there in our ocean. That is some, that is some wild stuff.